Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. To tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. So these encounters, they started to happen to you when you're about 21 years old. Do you want to go back to that period of your life and explain where it all started for you? Yeah, well, it's a long time ago now for me. I think we're probably going back to the mid to late 80s. Um, I was living with my partner. She, she was around about the same age, maybe a little bit, little bit younger. Uh, we lived down in uh, country Victoria. Um, my partner, who's now my wife, uh, she struck a, a friendship with a woman who was a, a little bit older than her. Um, now I, I hadn't spoken to this, this lady for a long, long time, many years. So I, I don't don't know if I have her permission to, to to discuss it, but um, we'll just call her Chrissy for for the sake of the interview. Um, so, so my wife Tanya, um, she struck up this friendship. I'd um, I'd take her in every every afternoon. She lived in a, a neighbouring town, uh, neighbouring town. I'd take her in. She'd um, you know, have an afternoon with Chrissy. I'd go off and do what what twenty one year old blokes do, sort of have a bit of bit of bloke time, I suppose. Um, and uh, that that was all good. I remember there was one period there we, we were discussing Chrissy. I I really didn't get to know at all, uh, but we, we were discussing her. And uh, Tanya turned to me. She said, "You know, somebody told me that she's a a white witch." What's a white witch? Well, 
exactly. So I, I'm a 21 year old, and you know, back in those days, what most 21 year olds, uh, you're full of beans, and you, um, I wouldn't call it arrogance, but you, you're certainly very, very confident of yourself. Uh, so I've turned a tenure of <laughs> something along the lines of what a load of bollocks. <laughs> anyway, she said, she said, no, look, it's true. So-and-so's told me she's a white witch and she can talk to the dead and she can do this, she can do that, she can see into the future. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, what a load of nonsense, you know. Anyway, being a, an overconfident, well, maybe not overconfident, but very confident young young person, I said to her, look, when you go to see her next weekend, <laughs> talk to her. I want to know all about this white, white witch business. Yeah, right. No worries. So we, I take her over the following weekend. She has a day. She comes back. Why don't tell me about this white, white witch stuff? So, look, she didn't really want to talk about it. She, she told me a little snippet. She admitted she is, um, but she, she, you know, really didn't, didn't want to go any further. And right oh, anyway, as the, the week went on, I thought, well, no uh, group. <laughs> I'm going get, to get to know this lady and uh, I'm going to find out about this business. So, um, so the next next visit that Tanya had, I, I came in with her and, um, you know, the introductions here these days, one you've heard about, so on and so forth. So I sort of got to know her a little bit, got a bit of, little bit of chat going and uh, then I started to question her. And uh, again, she, she just, I won't say tried to fob me off, but, you know, she, she didn't really want to engage in it. Um, but I wasn't having any of that. I, I just kept probing up. Anyway, this went on for, you know, several weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, I got snippets out of her, little bits around. Yes, she can talk to good people. She knows when there are spirits around. Um, she knows when there's a, there are black witches around. She, she has mind battles with more these sorts of things in her. What a load of nonsense, you know. Anyway, but I was amused by it and, and just sort of played the game, and and, and and that was all good. Anyway, um, it was around this time that uh, my my father became quite sick and uh, and, and ended up passing away. So, um, you know, probably importantly for the story. Uh, my parents split when I was about five, five or six. Um, I don't remember, I only remember little sort of bits and pieces about, about that life with dad. Um, never really got to know him until I'd sort of got my license and, and I'd sort of spent a, a little bit of time in sort of driving into Melbourne to, to meet up with him and, and sort of get to know him again. And, and we, we were just sort of starting to develop that, that father son relationship when he passed away. So. You know, I was obviously a, a bit emotional about that, and, and of course, this is the time that I'm, I'm talking with with, with Chrissy. Um, and you know, having passed away, I, I, I found myself talking to Chrissy about it. Anyway, she started telling me sort of snippets uh, about where he was, and how he was, and those sorts of things. This, this is my deceased father. Anyway, one thing led to another, and she said, "Look." I can't remember who organised it, but we organised a seance. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's me setting up a seance with, uh, with this white witch. So part of me, half of me, 
wanted to catch her out. That, that was the that was sort of the uh, the overconfident twenty one year old in me wanted to catch her out and, and just prove it to be a load of nonsense. Um, but the other half of me, which was you know, still emotional about the, the death of my father, um, sort of wanted to to wanted it to be real, if you like. Anyway, we, we set it up. Um, yeah, it had to be done close to midnight, apparently, um, which it was. Uh, you know, we arrived. She had the, the spirit board set up. She um, it was one other person with it, and I can't for the life of me remember who it was. So it was Chrissy. It was this other person. I don't think I, I knew them, or if I did know them, I didn't know them very well. Uh, myself and Tanya. So the four of us seated ourselves around this, this spirit board. So the, the letters spelled out um, around the, the peripheral of the board. We've got a glass sitting upside down. I'm feeling around under the table to see if I can find the magnets, all those sorts of things. Anyway, we, we kicked it off. Um, we had to hold hands. Chrissy said some, um, whatever it was that she said, I, I can't remember exactly, but it was almost almost like this, like a B-grade horror movie sort of thing. And I, I'm sitting here thinking, what on earth? <laughs> anyway, I then hear this ungodly noise from, from the back of the room. Now, she had this budgie in a cage in the corner. You don't even know she had it. You just sat there and did absolutely nothing. But on this occasion, she said certain words. She'd sort of come to the crescendo that you know, she'd built up to saying whatever it was she had to, that she had to say to get the spirits. And this bloody bird went off its nut. It just just went crazy. And finally, it was out of me. But then when it settled down, it only went crazy for you know, a few seconds. And, um, and Christine said, we, they're here. Or something to that, that effect. We, we, or we've crossed over or something like that. Uh, yeah, okay. Right, what's next sort of thing. Anyway, she's, she had to put our, our fingers on the glass. It's a heavy-duty glass. You know, not something you can sort of push around that easily. And it started to move. So there's me thinking, right, who's pushing it? So I've taken my, I've, I've almost taken my finger off it. I, I had absolutely no weight on this thing at all. It started spelling out um, words, or a particular word, which was aimed at me, apparently, uh, and it was relevant to something that had occurred between myself and my partner, which I didn't think anyone knew about. Anyway, my partner, Tanya, got a little bit spooked and took a finger off the glass. So we were left with three fingers on the glass. Mine was barely touching it, let alone influencing it. I had somebody, Chrissy, directly in front of me and this person on the left. This glass was doing things, and I'm watching their fingers really closely. And this glass is at speed. I'm going to say at speed. It was certainly moving under power, and it was spelling out words and phrases which meant things. And I, you know, you, you could see the two people that could have had an influence on it. You could see their fingers 
if they were going, going to have an influence, they would be pushing it one way. No, this thing was going the other way. There's no way in the world these people were influencing the movement of this glass. And it's spelling out the, these bits and pieces, huh? some of them which were overly complimentary. Apparently, this was somebody that's on my, my partner's side, uh, someone I didn't know of, and I don't think she really knew much about her either. But, you know, Tanya had, had sort of become a bit spooked, and, and obviously she'd, she'd taken her fingers off it. Anyway, I, I'm, I was a little bit stumped, a little bit spellbound. Um, I, I could not account for, one, this thing moving, not the way it was, and two, the things that it was spelling out. But anyway, we, we got through that, um, and then Chrissy said, your father is here. So I've got that little bit of a feeling in the belly, and it started to move again. So this was my, my father speaking to me, apparently. So it started to spell out what looked like I love you, which um, that's, that's what it spells out. And I'm thinking, well, you know, that's nice, that's lovely. But then it followed up with the words, little support. That was what floored me. Absolutely floored me. There were three people in the world, only two of them left, knew about little support. That was Dad's pet name for me when I was a toddler. Two, three, four, I barely remember it but I do remember it. It, however, was buried that far in my memory, even if Christine, Chrissy, was a mind reader, she still wouldn't have found it. It was buried that deeply. The only other person on the living earth who knew about it was my mother. You didn't know Chrissy and she wasn't there. The only other person that knew about it was Dad. He's dead. Did that just break the that whole paradigm for you then? Because going into this, you were quite sceptical. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, look, I've gone into this seance thinking, what a load of nonsense. This thing is just spelled out, I love you, little sport. Wow. That was, that was my father speaking to me. I'm sure you've got listeners out there that I I can't explain how I felt at that point. You know, as human beings, we have to make sense of things. That's the way we're wired. Um, And we have choices. We can talk our way through things. We we have the fight or flight ability amongst a number of other things. We, We have some element of control over every situation that we can find ourselves in. In this situation, that was gone. I had no control whatsoever. My father is spelt out, I love you, little sport. My wife is sitting on the right-hand side, spoot. There's a spastic budgie behind me that just went nuts when it all kicked in. And I, I remember looking up at this woman in front of me who was close enough to touch, looking into her eyes, thinking, this is not a normal human. Wow. 
Wow, that that would have really just tipped everything upside down for you. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just can't explain how I felt. You know, you know the thing about it. That's all I can remember of that night. That's it. That's everything. Every other detail, I, I remember thinking about it a couple of days later. But it's like that, what happened after that, it's like that's been erased in my memory. It's it's really peculiar. Um, you know, and I do remember days after it, just torturing myself, thinking, how, how, how has this happened? It took me days, it probably took me a week to really justify, hang on, that it's real. There is just no other way around it. Um, this has happened. This is real. So, um, sort of once I'd come to terms with it, um, right or wrong, I, I had to get back and see Chrissy. You know, um, no, I just needed to talk about it. I, I just sort of needed. I had answers, but I just felt that I, I needed to talk about it to what had happened um, so we went back to see Chrissy I can't remember even, might have been days might have been weeks after a little bit hazy on that but uh, when I I walked into Chrissy's place um, it was with a completely different attitude I can tell you that um, not quite in awe of her but you know again that feeling of this this is not a normal human being that I'm I'm about to talk to, you know. Yeah. I'm in her house and, and she has abilities that are way beyond anything I'd ever dreamt of, you know. Um, so we, you know, we sat down and, um, you know, I mean, she could obviously sense sort of how I was feeling. And I, I was quite emotional about it as well, you know, because this was my father's sort of thing. Um, anyway, we... Well, for a couple of hours, sort of, we skirted around it. Then we discussed it in full, and a few other bits and pieces. And um, it would have been a couple of hours, sort of, into it. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm sitting on a two-seater. Uh, Chrissy was in front of me, and um, there was no one next to me. Tanya was on a, a two-seater, sort of on the side. Anyway, we are chatting away. Talking about dad and things that, that had occurred and were occurring. Um, and then it happened. And I don't know how it's lost me how to explain it. Something arrived next to me. There's nothing there, nothing that the human senses could pick up on. You couldn't see anything, couldn't hear it, certainly couldn't touch it, or not that I tried to. Couldn't smell anything, couldn't taste anything. This entity, this, it just arrived on the seat next to me and with enough of a, I might say enough of a bang, but it arrived and I launched off the couch. That, that, this, this like your energy. It just One minute I'm talking, next minute, what the hell is that? And uh, I, I launched off the couch, and I looked into into Chrissy's eyes. 
Yeah, that. She, she had a smile on her face. She said, "Your father was sitting next to you." Oh wow! That, oh god, I'm hiding. You, I would have been a mess. <laughs> I just, I do not know how to explain how I felt. But what I will say, I didn't feel in fear of anything. Well, I had Chrissy there, you know. I, I looked back at the couch and I wouldn't sit there. I was right back there um, and I could feel it sitting there, you know. And uh, after that, it's all blank again. <laughs> just just like after the, the seance, I cannot remember the remainder of that afternoon she got off me. Really? I wonder if there's like just, because this is such a highly emotionally charged situation that your your mind just kind of blanks out on everything else because you, you've just had this highly, highly prolific moment in your life happen again. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's one possibility. Um, whether it went beyond that and uh, it's purposely been blank, I don't know. I'll, I'll never know the answer to that. Um, but I, I find it peculiar that, you know, after the those two events, um, I just had no recollection of, of what followed. Um, after after you've had these encounters with this white witch, did that change your perspective of the paranormal? Like, did your complete attitude change from that? Because, you know, these are fairly world-shattering kind of encounters that you're having. Did that make you want to go down the rabbit hole of finding out more about that? Yes, it did. Um that took me in some pretty interesting directions. Um, what frightened me about this initially, and, and after the seance, I, I do remember thinking, after going through it over and over in my mind, thinking, no, this is real. It's real. I just can't. This is real. It then cast my mind back to some of the conversations that I'd had with Chrissy, albeit conversations I had with a different attitude highly amused, conversations we'd had about good, about evil, about possession, amongst other things. Um, you know, I remember thinking, I was talking to my dad, I was talking to my dad, it's real, it's real, it's real, Chrissy's real. Oh no, this is a double-edged sword. Chrissy's told me some things that, oh, God, I hope are not real, you know. Um, but I sort of going forward, I probably found out a little bit, bit more about that. Um, one of the things that because I'd opened up my mind to all of this, and it's funny, I, I bought a book called The Celestine Prophecy, and it was written by James Redfielder, I think, back at the time. It, it talked about similar sort of things. It talked about coincidences, coincidences in your life, pathways that open up in front of you, all those sorts of things, and. I happened to walk around the same time that all this was happening and, and I used to I do remember I discussed a lot of that with, with 
with Chrissy, and she she more or less validated, you know, a number of things that were in that book. So I was going down that path, and um, what, what I found, Cade, was I started to, de- to develop important abilities, but things. Um, I started dreaming. I started dreaming consistently, almost every night. And I, and I wasn't a dreamer, if you like. But I found the dreams were coinciding with certain events that were occurring in my life or around my life. And what I realised, it wasn't what I was dreaming. It was the outcomes of the dreams were basically telling me what was about to occur in real life. Um, I know that sounds peculiar. But, so you know, if so we kind of like premonitions? Well, almost. If we had a big event coming up that we knew about, it might be a work event. It, when I say event, it might have been we're going to pull these turbines apart and we're going to do this, this and this and highly high-risk work, dangerous work. We're going to be up doing this, that and the other. I would have dreams before we go and do it. And it, the dreams may not they weren't necessarily about what was about to happen. What I learned to do was read the outcomes of the dreams, the tones of the dreams. And if the, the outcomes of the dreams, the tones were negative, I knew something negative was going to happen and it was going to happen soon. And lo and behold, somebody would fall off a scaffold and break their leg or, or somebody would have a car accident or you know, something of that effect. I probably went for 12 months where I was able to read my dreams and read the outcomes of those dreams whereby I could accurately predict, knowing what events we had coming up, I could almost predict those outcomes to a Wow, really? So, no doubt that I developed some sort of sense that allowed me to do that. And if there were no events coming up and I had a, uh, a dream with a negative outcome, I knew something was going to come out of the blue and invariably it would. Whether if, if not to me, to somebody close to me. And it was, it was scary, to be honest with you. I was going to um, say, that would give a lot of people a lot of anxiety about the future. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Well, it did. And I look, there were days where I'd, I'd have a, a negative dream and I'd, I'd try to associate it with something that's cropping, about to crop up or coming up or whatever. And there was nothing coming up. Life was just sort of plain normal. And it, it, it had me thinking, shit, something's going to happen here. And it had me walking on eggshells. And I, 
can you don't walk there? Let's not do that. <laughs> you know, um, just knowing that something's not right and something's going to come out of the blue and just so you know, invariably would. Um, you know, these were things that I'd, I'd sort of sort of developed, um, you know, sort of amongst other other crazy dreams and things that maybe didn't make a lot of sense, but. Uh, you know, this is real. This this was something that I developed, and um, the more that, that that I was able to harness that, the more I, you know, the more I wanted to delve further. And, and I talked to Christine about these things, and I, she, you know, she, Christine was the type. She she wouldn't want to push any of this on you. She didn't. I had to to probe her, and there were times when I knew. She knew things, but didn't want to tell me. But what I would get from her is uh, a nod, or she'd give me a positive response some other way. It, it was as if she's got some sort of code that says I'm, I'm not allowed to go and tell people what's about to happen. You know, um, we we just sort of developed that. I, I could sort of understand her. She was telling me things without telling me things, if you like, in, in a lot of respects. But um, they weren't all good, uh, and um, sort of all came to a bit of a grinding halt there one night. Um, How do you think you got these abilities? Do you think it was maybe something you had all along, but you just weren't open to to the world of the paranormal? Because, and I, I kind of hate to interject on stories like this, but and and kind of. I don't, I don't want to swing the narrative or anything, but I always, I hear quite frequently that people who have an encounter with the paranormal, it kind of opens up that gateway and things are never the same after that again. Do you think this was potentially what happened here with you? Um, I think you put it perfectly, to be honest with you. Look, I, 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 I think we all have these abilities. I, I, I think our conscious minds won't let us delve into a lot of this stuff. Uh, and I did have some situations sort of further down the track that, that probably validate that a little bit. Um, but I, I sort of hit a, a roadblock uh, one night. And uh, so I, I was in bed, you know, with my partner. This, this is probably 12 months after you know, all of the other stuff that happened. Uh, and I was having my dreams and I was sort of opening my mind up more and more. And, and, and the more that happened, the more interested I was. And I was all, always mindful of some of the things that we had talked about sort of previously. You know, a lot of those negatives you know, talk about you know, evil entities and, and all those sorts of things. Um, anyway, one night, um, we'd gone to bed, it was normal. And then I remember floating above my body. So I'm inverted, so my, my back's facing the, the roof, my stomach's facing the dead. I'm looking down, I'm floating up towards the ceiling, looking at me asleep 
and looking at my partner. Uh, I can only ever remember one instance of actually doing this, and um, I started floating along the window side, and then another left turn along the main wall towards the door. I don't know where I was going. I, I was doing a lap of the room from roof height, the ceiling height, uh, looking down, and I remember moving towards the door. And um, I just something stopped me abruptly before I went through, and I could feel another entity at the same height that I was. It was out outside the kitchen window under the carport, and it was looking for a way in. Oh, really? How the hell I knew that? I don't know. But I'm at the door to the bedroom, above the door to the bedroom, looking down on my body and my partner, and somehow I could feel this entity outside the kitchen, which was the other side of the house, looking for a way in. Now, I remembered immediately <laughs> some of the conversations I've had with Chrissy about possession, about spirits, about those that are lost in between, so on and so forth. And that frightened the hell out of me. <laughs> and, um, I remember shooting straight back into my body. I remember on my back, my eyes just going from dead shut to open. I remember saying to myself, I've got to stop doing this. Now, I can't remember ever having an out-of-body experience before, but I remember distinctly telling myself, stop doing it, stop leaving your body. And again, I was in that, I remember I was in that um, that stage between sleep, you know, you one minute you're asleep, you don't just wake up, you're not fully conscious. You, you go through a, oh, you know, a bit of a groan and a this and that and the other and then bang, you, your consciousness steps in. I remember I was somewhere in that zone and um, and when I actually woke up thinking to myself, what did I just say to myself? I, I remembered, just remembered what I said, said to myself, I was in that zone. And I just lay there the entire night thinking, what the hell's going on? You know, what, what, what has just happened? Now, I don't know if that whatever was floating around outside was evil. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't, and again, I don't know why it was there. And I know that I'd left my body. And um, no, that was it. Uh, I, I went back to Christine. Um, several days after that and I said look this has occurred and I said this is what I feared and uh, I, I've got to shut the door on this I, I said this is getting out of control it's, I, I just feel that I'm, I'm delving in too far um, and uh, I, I got that knowing look from Chrissy and, and almost like a, a look of approval so I um, sort of tried to shut the door on it uh, there and then. I, and look, I, I pretty much did. Um, 
dreams well, happened occasionally, but, but the frequency of the dream stopped. Um, and sort of life sort of returned a, a little bit to normal, I guess. I still went and saw Chrissy from time to time, but um, but I really stopped delving at, at that point. Um, you know, I, I was just too frightened of, of where it was going to take me. So where does that leave you now? Because it's it's hard to shut a door once it's been opened. And, you know, there's there's always going to be gaps in the frame, so to say. Do you find that even though you've, you know, essentially kind of drawn a, a line in the sand of, of the paranormal and, you know, have said no more, do you find that that world still leaks in every now and then? Yeah, it does. Yeah, you, you're absolutely spot on. Um, it, it doesn't leave you, um, and I'm mindful of that. But, you know, I've, I've still had you know, a handful of experiences. I, I remember waking up on the couch. My, my grandmother had died. Um, when my parents split, we went and lived with our grandparents. I was very, very close with, with my grandmother. Um, I went from sleep into that half sleep, straight into, into consciousness, like consciousness, like you do, um, like every human does. I remember opening my eyes and bang, there she was. She died several weeks earlier, but she was standing in front of me, looking down on me. And um, I mean, this is this is going, you know, ten, fifteen years after I'd, I'd sort of tried to slam the door shut. Um, but you know, she died. She she since my father had died, she was the 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 next cab off the rank as far as, you know, people that were close to me. Um, you know, one thing that, that Chrissy said was they hang around for a little while. You know, we talked about heaven. We talked about places that are not heaven. We talked about the in-between, but, you know, she said that they hang around and watch over for a while. And, uh, you know, I'd, I woke up, I, I was briefly in that, that realm between, you know, asleep and fully conscious. And it was within that realm, I could see her standing there looking down at me. And as soon as I snapped into full consciousness, she was gone. Really? Um, it, it was one other, one other, I would say, life-changing event, um, which chills me. I say chills me, not, not in a bad way, but a sort of a, a bit of a wow sort of a way. I ended up uh, joining the Navy as a, uh, an older recruit. And this is well and truly after um, all of the paranormal experiences. Um, anyway, when, I remember we're on Sydney Harbour there one day. I was wanting to do a ship's divers course. So they'd taken us out on a, a small boat into the middle of the harbour. And we had to don all the gear. We had to dive under the boat. We then had to purge the masks. And, and what that requires is you basically put your mask off it. And you have to blow hard to purge the water out of it and then get the mask back on. So I hopped dived in under the boat and um, tried to pull the mask off, tried to purge it. And made an absolute mess of it. And, um, yeah, but I'm under the boat. Um, 
couldn't get the water out, couldn't get the air in. Um, and, you know, you know, when you have those, those experiences and you think, oh, God, I'm going to die or whatever, you know, they talk about people's lives flashing before, before their eyes. Yeah. That happened to me, except the life that flashed before my eyes was not my own. Really? Yeah, really. And what, well, what I remember, having visions, they were Navy visions. So I had a, a vision of being in a compartment that was full of water, filling rapidly. We were on a lean. There were explosions. And I was drowning along with the people in the compartment with me. So I got myself out of the water, threw the mask down and said a few choice words uh, along the lines of, I think I'll pass on this. <laughs> I don't want to be shit <laughs> Anyway, I, I went home. The ship was alongside the, the maintenance superior. Went back home to Tanya, told Tanya about it. She almost went white. I said, you know, what do you think of that? Or, what's wrong? What, what's the matter? She said, you remember Chrissy talked about past lives? She do. Remember she said, you and I were together in a past life? I said, yes, I do. She said, remember why we're meant to be together? No, remind me. She said, in our past life, I lost you at war. That's a mind-bending experience. How do you how do you process that? Well, look, I, I having spoken with Christine at sort of at length regarding a lot of this stuff, and with a lot of, I mean, there are other things that have occurred that you know I, I haven't spoken about tonight. But, yeah, I, I believe in past lives. I, I believe we live more than once. In fact, I believe we live a number of times. Um, I personally believe I was having visions of me in a past life. That was, when I say it wasn't my life, it's not my current one. Was that me dying in a war? As per what Chrissy described. Um, back when Tina and I uh, were together in a past life, if you like, it really it really makes you wonder that that traumatic experience just opened up, you know, a gateway to what that past life was. You know, like there had to be some type of connection from that exact experience that you were having to to that previous life. Yeah, well, you know, I, I probably didn't mention deja vu, but, you know, that's been a big part of my life. You know, since I, I, I opened up my mind to a lot of this stuff, but, you know, I, I look back at it and I think, well, it, it's quite odd. I didn't want to join the Navy as a kid, as I got older. I developed this desire to do it. All I wanted to do was go and, and serve, you know, go active, all those sorts of things. Um, when I say active, active service, and, and once I did that, I couldn't get out of the Navy quick enough. I mean, 
I look back at that and say to myself, was I just trying to fulfill something that I started in a previous life and obviously didn't get to finish, you know? Does that make you feel like you're... This, this might sound like a silly question, but does that make you feel like your past life was trying to rob your quality of life that you're having now? I don't know. Um, you know, look, I, I do believe we, as I said, I, I believe we live more than once. I, I believe that we were given every opportunity, opportunity to evolve as people, as humans, as entities, whatever we are. Um, I believe pathways are, are put in front of you. I, you know, I just, just look back and map out my life and think, well, how on earth did I achieve these things? How could this have opened up in front of me? Who would have thought? And I'm no different to, to a lot of people, you know. I, I believe you do get set. You have those pathways put in front of you and you, you have choices. And I think you live more than once to, and you're given that opportunity to evolve and you, and you either evolve or you don't, um, you know, where you go from there. I don't know, but look, you know, certainly when I, I look back over my life and, and a lot of the things that have occurred and a lot of the conversations with, 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 with Chrissy, um, a lot of it makes sense, to be honest. Yeah. Well, Dave, you've been an absolute incredible guest. I, <laughs> the experiences that you've had have been incredible and the, the way that they've altered your life has, really kind of it sounds like it's set you on a on a whole new path of enlightenment of understanding and i guess of of future growth that you're not scared to look into it and i think your the outcome from everything is that it's you know majority has been positive and even though you've kind of closed the the door to that world it's it's not fully shut itself off to you but it sounds like you know how to to approach the the rest of your life going forward because of that? Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly look at events, look at pathways differently, and and you know, I still have the odd dream here or there, and I, I still take certainly take notice of that. But um, you know, I, I, I haven't had a, a lot of experiences sort of in recent years, although I still have a habit of picking up the phone to answer it before it rings. Um. But apart from that, uh, it's been been pretty quiet in recent years. But, uh, I've certainly certainly take notice of of a lot more things nowadays than, than maybe I would have done when I was younger, uh, and add a lot, lot more credence to a lot of the pathways that I see opening up. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.